welcome to What's Her Face. I'm Leslie Swinson. And I'm Carly Scott Fields. Today we have our friend Abigail. Abigail Irvin Pinner is an illustrator based in Lincoln, Nebraska. She focuses on feeling everything very deeply as her art seeks to illuminate beauty in darkness. Abby made illustrating her full-time job in February of 2019, forming Abigail EP. Since then, she has built a client base for her sustainable online store, which is made up of illustrations and paintings she makes out of her home office, every day and somewhat compulsively. Outside of her curated shop, she has worked on many projects, most notably creating work for the Exactly Right Podcast Networks, This Podcast Will Kill You, See Jurassic Right, and having her art included in the My Favorite Murder novel, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. Welcome, friend. Hi. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you for driving all the way from Lincoln for us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I must say that as a huge fan of Karen and George's work and the Exactly Right Podcast Network in general, I need to know how you got connected with them, how the heck your designs are in their book, of all things. Like, what is is that like and how did you do it? I don't know how I did it, but (laughs) I was, I was, it was a mom's. On my sister's birthday a couple years ago, um, we'd just gotten tattooed together and then we were <laughs> drinking beer and I opened an email from some lady and it like was the, the subject was my favorite murder book art. It's like, hell yeah. I don't even think they had announced the book yet, but they were asking, like they were already reaching out to illustrators asking if they could include the work. So I think they had like reposted a couple of my illustrations that I always like if i making a My Favorite Murder illustration, I tag them, and sometimes they see it. Um, I don't know. I've seen those before, and I've loved them and always freaked out when they reposted it. Yeah, (laughs) that is super validating, but yeah, I think after maybe the first one or two, Steven, um, like, he followed me, and that's, I mean, that's how we kind of... Wow. We're huge fans of Steven Ray Morris on this podcast. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I think it just, like, um, I drew them and they liked it and then they emailed me and that was it. Okay, cool. So you carnival. were, you were like making fun, like fan art. Like kind of, yeah. Kind of, like, kind of, I mean, not. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what it was. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just like hoping that I could work for them. Cause I was, that was like when I was trying to start doing, um, more branding for not necessarily podcasts, but maybe podcasts and then a podcast reached out and it was them that's like, so the cool. podcast of all podcasts <laughs> for at least people our age you yeah know? truly it's not npr but for us i think it's npr maybe someday <laughs> i mean honestly i think you have what's <laughs> i think you have it um that's i think that's just brilliant what like how did you even start your illustration career what year was this and would you say this was at the start of abigail ep i think it well it was before like well I can't remember if it was before or after. Um, I don't remember which birthday it was of my sister's. But um, <laughs> I like I started selling illustrations and doing commissions in like 2014 when I was trying to raise money to travel. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like an official business until 2019. Okay. So 
I was working as an artist, but it wasn't like a full-time job that I have to do taxes for until last year. So. I love that very specific yeah. like tax distinction as a small business owner that you learn about. Cool. You're like, okay, I'm making X amount of money. Perhaps I should become no, official. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I just quit Report. my coffee shop job and like hope that I would have to do taxes. So <laughs> That's awesome. It. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> my goodness. Um, so what is your favorite medium or your I guess your chosen medium, what do you primarily use? Uh, my favorite medium is using um, ink. So just archival microns on Stonehenge paper feels the best to me. But I've been dabbling back with oil paints, and that's been super fun to jump back into. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm making for prints is digital media, but definitely my home is ink and paper. Something I find really interesting is that your father um, – just so happens to have one point in his career, unless he's still doing it, was an animator and a director for a number of The Simpsons episodes and Futurama and all these other things. Um, would you say that a lot of your illustration style comes from him or the work you got to see him do um, in particular or just like the shows you were consuming? Or did you kind of find it on your own and form it into your own little personal Abigail style? Probably both. Um he taught me how to draw like technically like I learned all the skill from him but I did not want the same style as my dad <laughs> um I think more of the style development came from uh battles with <laughs> chronic illness and like all of the mental things that come with being a teenage girl um yeah I would say not so much style development came from my dad but technical skill more than anything yeah does he still give you guidance and pointers along the way? No. Or has he learned no. to kind of step back? No, he asks me. Oh, <laughs> Does he? Oh, Not yes. for like drawing advice. He's fine on that. But like. Let's talk about validation. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> no, he like, he and my mom both, um, as far as like business, like doing illustration and freelance drawing like he does great he does it he takes custom drawings but oh yeah I've seen him those cars he draws are beautiful yeah, nice. <laughs> it's very niche yes it yeah, is needs to find the market for it <laughs> I love that a daughter is saying this about her father <laughs> no I think that's fascinating because it really shows like the progression of not only your guys's relationship but the art itself like animation and illustration in today's career especially or for today's like careers, especially considering Instagram is such a huge part of it. That's something your dad probably isn't terribly familiar with. Hey, yeah. I'm at first, it surprises me how good he is at it. Like he sends us <laughs> the media. weirdest. Yeah. He sends me like such strange memes sometimes that I, it takes me a second and I'm like, this is so, this is beyond what people even think is funny. <laughs> Can you give us an example? Not really off the top of my head. I think he sent me like just like weird random things that are are funny, but also like it takes you a second. You're like, it's like Caddyshack humor kind of, or like the man with two brains, like super... like Dad stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Very dad dad stuff. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So since your style uh, kind of grew out of what you said earlier is like some of your uh, high school kind of, you know, like being a, a girl in high school. Um, how would you say you are reflected then in your work? Um, I think my uh, drawing style changes a lot and it kind of always has. For a while I was working in realism and that was to practice the technical skill. But as I developed a style that was closer to me, uh, it kind of, it 
went from like realistic self-portraits to um, more stylized self-portraits. Mm-hmm. So that became like monsters or these really skinny, gooey, creepy things. And I think that it was more of a reflection of what was manifesting. Like, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word, but mm-hmm. like the like the scary things that I felt were still inside of me from um, past traumas of high school. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I that completely. And everything yeah. that comes with it. Um, yeah. How would you describe for our listeners, if you can describe, what your style is now? And you can be as quirky as you want. Well, I mean that. Because <laughs> your like work is quirky. Yeah, it's beautiful. Quirky, I guess. But it's uh, it, it was, I mean, it still is monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but the meaning of the monsters has kind of changed. Like when I first started drawing them, they were kind of uh, like a friendship that I felt like I didn't have. Because at the time when I started drawing them, I really felt like I was by myself. I didn't really have any friends. I was new to Lincoln. Um, I was only friends with my brother and we lived together and that's kind of sad. Uh, and then my other friend, one friend moved across the country. And so I felt very alone and that's kind of when I started making monsters. Um, and they've since grown from being my friends to being my enemies, to being both. And they kind of conflict Mm -hmm. with each other. Um, they've been small, they've been really large. They've been kind of in the middle. Like they're, they're, they're always like something and nothing, but they're they're kind of like in every single drawing. They're just always there. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen that growth and development throughout your work over the course of how many years have we known each other now? Two, three years yeah. maybe? Um, I feel like I've known you for way longer. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. I <laughs> do think there was a period of time before we actually started communicating with, you, with each other that we did just do that whole like yeah. I'll like your picture like on Instagram I I'll like you yeah. <laughs> it's like my dream was to have Carly shoot my wedding <laughs> and it actually <laughs> and did happen, wind up right? happening yeah yeah I was able to shoot Abby's wedding yeah. uh was it like almost a year and a half oh my gosh yeah yeah <laughs> time flies by you guys mm-hmm. um but yeah I was able to shoot your wedding and meet your sweet husband for the first time which was a really cool opportunity for me he's nice um, yeah he, he, he does it he's, he's doing great um I'd love to kind of go and talk a bit about your process with Lincoln and how you developed as an artist in Lincoln um when I knew you initially you were like pursuing a music career in Lincoln and I'd be really curious to hear how you started that what you were playing and how over time that shifted into more illustration and less like physical like the physical side of yeah. making music and <laughs> I, yeah so I have um undiagnosed chronic pain uh I've had it I mean I it was diagnosed when I was three I had juvenile arthritis but that was in one knee and it has since like kind of it, it's just like riddled my entire body mm-hmm. so I was playing the cello um I started playing when I was uh I think in eighth grade maybe ninth grade I can't remember I was too old to start, but I did it anyway. (laughs) Um, And then I decided I wanted to go to college for it. So I was actually playing classical music with uh, the Omaha Orchestra. And then (laughs) this like chronic pain just like started shooting up and down my arms and I've often on tendonitis. So I had to uh, kind of choose between either it's going to be like all cello or all drawing. And I was way better at drawing. (laughs) So I, uh, I didn't give up my cello. I still have it. I still play it. I was just thinking about it on the way up. Uh, I need to get new strings, but (laughs) uh, I can't play it professionally. So it was more or less like a physical ailment that kind of made me quit that 
Wow, because it was just too taxing on your body to yeah. do to do both. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even both. It was like I wasn't really drawing while I because the symph or the orchestra is taking up so taking much up. time. Okay. Um, and it was causing so much pain. I was like, well, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to be able to draw. Oh wow. At okay. All. Right. So. So yeah, it really was kind of like okay, choose this now or risk losing both. Yeah, and there was a period of time when I was when I I was in Omaha when I was playing the um in the orchestra, but I moved to Lincoln and started doing art and at UNL. And I think for a semester or two, I was painting with my left hand and my mouth. Like I couldn't even use my right hand. Oh my gosh. Are you otherwise right-handed? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I would yeah. love to I'm see what that looks like. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's not great, but I, I mean, did it. Hey, it's an exercise commitment. is an exercise. <laughs> Dang, good for you. I'd be really curious to talk more um, about your chronic pain. And I know that on social media, for those who aren't familiar, um, she is fairly open with dealing with certain things like chronic pain, depression, uh, past eating disorder, like dealings. Hell yeah. Um, and I love that because I personally relate to all three of those things. And it's always really empowering for me to see someone who I consider a peer and respect deeply, such as oh, yourself. Um, that's really I, nice. I love when I'm able to see that. It not only helps me trust them a little bit more, but it's always just so, once again, let's get back to this word validating, just to see that you are not the only one struggling. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think I get that from my mom. She's I just like the pinnacle of strength in my family. She's really amazing. She's gone through a lot. And she's always been, I mean, at least since we've been adults, just like brutally honest with us mm -hmm. about everything. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, it's great. But I, I know that that was really important for me, um, listening to my mom tell me like when I was being bullied in high school or um, when I had my eating disorder in high school and I didn't tell her, like she still knew mm -hmm. that every Moms time always know. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. dropped like 25 pounds and I was only like 120 pounds. Like it's kind of obvious. Kind of hard not to know. Yeah. So anyway, she like was always just patient and kind with me and would tell me like, you know, I went through this too. And it's going to be oh. fine. And she, I mean, she went through, I am the exact like carbon copy of my mother, wow. truly. So um, it means a lot that you say that because oh, I, I like, I owe her like everything for that. And she's always made sure that I'm not alone. So I feel like that makes me happy that it's like, oh, I can be that for other people. Even That's, if you don't know it. Yeah. You, yeah. you indirectly and directly affect other people's lives around you. And I think That's it's nice. just one of those like wonderful strength things to see, especially when like the juxtaposition of it is like uh, it's like beautiful almost stick-like figure of a woman with a monster next to her in your mm -hmm. pieces it really makes you like have to sit and think and then for that to also be accompanied by typically powerful and very honest captions it's just a good mix yeah uh, the captions are like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sometimes I write them in advance or sometimes like I jolt up in the middle of the night I'm like oh gotta write that down <laughs> but most of the time it's like I'm drawing I like do the picture and I'm like what do I write here and then I just like have to sit for 10 minutes and I'm just like what am I feeling exactly like right now uh, that's so cool I think that's brilliant it's I mean, another good way a, like a therapeutic way right yeah. to let that feeling out even more. Definitely, yeah. I also really love, it's so cool that your mom was so open with you and then that you take that a step further to go, I mean, because to for you to be so open on social media, you're opening yourself up to so much more criticism and you're telling people that you don't really even know. So I really applaud you for that. Thanks. And the strength that your mom must have given you. 
Yeah, for you to be able to do that. Yeah, she's (laughs) incredible. She's very amazing. But um, in terms of the social media, like most of my followers are um, my favorite murder people. So they're very (laughs) kind. I haven't really gotten much like people mad at me because they're really nice. (laughs) That is a benefit from having yeah (laughs) my favorite murder on your side. Thank you. Um, I'd be really curious to hear how COVID has, or if it has at all, shifted what you've started creating. Yeah, um, I feel like there's, uh, I have more a sense of um, togetherness. Um, I think everybody probably does, whether or not they realize it, or maybe (laughs) they don't, maybe they feel the exact opposite, but I feel like everybody is feeling the same thing, um, because we're all going through the same thing mm-hmm. at exactly the same time, at least in the United States, almost everywhere else is um, better. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like most of what I'm making now, it's like more contemplating. I haven't, I, at the beginning of quarantine, I was making a lot, like a yeah. lot, a lot, like more than I usually do, which is already kind of a lot. <laughs> but now it's, I'm taking a step back and really like trying to feel things. There's a lot of space in your work. Yeah. Like there's more of a, because before, I would always see these characters kind of in a blank room sort of set up. And now it's like characters are gone and I've seen more like, here's my coffee stand. Here's this section of, I don't know if it's your apartment or just a, an apartment a that you imagine. Apartment. Yeah, a dream apartment. But I always, I think that's really cool to actually see that shift of like you are really focusing on the background now instead of just the characters that typically fill those spaces. Yeah. Uh, that was more, I just wanted to practice making patterns, (laughs) study space. But also I do think it's important because I've been trying to do less of figures. Um, it's not really working out. It turns out that's like my favorite thing to do, but I also make a lot of self portraits and I don't always think that my self image is super relatable to everybody. So that's why I've kind of been trying, (laughs) um, to do less of that. How how do you try to include um, more people into your work? Because obviously when you're an artist that does primarily self-portraits, it probably could be misconstrued as you're like kind of being very specific about one sort of body type or skin color. How do you combat that in your work? Um, yeah, I've kind of been struggling with that because I, I do fear like, am I putting myself in this bubble of doing only self-portraits? Which mm-hmm. I think it's fine to be like, a person that only does Mm self-portraits, but I would like to be inclusive to everybody. Um, I think that's really important. Um, And I don't want to leave people out because I feel like uh, everybody, I mean, I feel like everybody feels the same things sometimes like a lot differently, but in terms of like me trying to include everybody is, is the captions most Mm -hmm. of the time. Like it's when I'm writing on it, not necessarily who is in it. Um, I feel like everybody can relate to having monsters or demons. Um, they're not always the same. They're never the same. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think some, and I like adding me in it because (laughs) they're mine, but that's, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's a little selfish for me to be taking all of it for myself, even Mm -hmm. though I've like, I feel ownership over it, but it's, I don't want it to be mine. I want it to be everybody's. So yeah, I've been struggling with that a little bit. (laughs) Do you often find that commissions kind of open up that space for you to kind of create yeah. more outside of just you? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I don't I don't know that commissions are necessarily what I want to be doing. Uh, they're great, though. I really enjoy 
making them they're really good practice and I get to be in somebody's home and it makes somebody really happy so yeah yeah, I guess for that um somewhat (laughs) (laughs) how many commissions do you have right now like open commissions uh I what well open (laughs) projects I have like 120 uh yeah, (laughs) yeah current projects like everything is paid and like underway is around 18 I think so okay, okay. it's not that bad. Oh my gosh, that number went up since the last time we talked. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had like 116. Yeah. Any commission's a huge project. So yeah. good for you, but also I'm praying for you. Thanks. Yeah, I just got a really cool one for an Omaha coffee shop. Actually, they're having me paint a giant piece for them. Oh, amazing. Oh. Kill yeah, I'm it. excited. Yeah, so what do, what do commissions look like for you? I mean, what are, what's kind of that landscape? Uh, depends on who's commissioning me. If it's a business, like they want branding, that's something. Or if it's like a mural project, that's another thing. Uh, (laughs) a lot of it is like people wanting portraits Uh or pieces for their home. Um, like Carly said, like I've been working with space a lot. So they'll send me pictures of their living room and say, can you do a version of this? But in your style, those are super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It goes from like portraits to murals, whatever in between. If you're doing a portrait commission do you do you like to visit with the couple are you good to do it off of a photo like what's like what's your process I think it'd be really neat to meet everybody but um I don't (laughs) (laughs) but it's usually over email I use uh uh like a project management pipeline so uh it's usually just through email Uh, they send me pictures of themselves and I ask them to tell me about themselves like what are some important things about you tell me about yourself uh, so that I can you know who feel. I'm drawing. Yeah, I like yeah. to know who I'm drawing, but yeah, I don't meet them necessarily like FaceTime or anything. Right, okay. It's interesting that you bring up the project pipeline. I used to use something similar called HoneyBook. That's what I use. Oh, okay, perfect. We're on the same page. Um, I think it'd be really cool to kind of dive a little bit into that process about organization because there are so many artists right now. <laughs> I, I mean, at least I've seen on TikTok, like, please, listeners, don't shoot me. I love TikTok. Um, but I've seen a lot of people start posting and be more open about their process, especially with tablet work, which I know you do as well. Can you divulge a little bit about what your, like, from start to finish process might look like sure. with a new client? Yeah, so you typically, they, like, I have a, a contact page on my website that people email me through and it attaches straight to HoneyBook. So the email goes to HoneyBook and then I see it and it's in an inquiry phase. And then, yeah, it's great. HoneyBook, it's so organized. I have a code if anybody wants it. But um, (laughs) they, so then I'll answer and I'll give them a price estimate for what they're asking for. And then I tell them like, here's how we can work out payment plans or whatever if we need it, if they request it. And then after that, it moves into a phase where they pay half of the invoice or all of it. It depends, again, on the project. Um, And then after that, I do a draft. I send them the draft, and then I wait until they pay me the rest of the money to make the finished product or wait on their approval for the draft design for their given commission. (laughs) Sounds simple, but yet I feel like it's far more complicated than what you're letting on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it depends on the client. (laughs) (laughs) If they're responsive... That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Everyone loves a dead email. That's always the best I to follow think, yeah, up on. Yeah, there's like 60. Like, <laughs> okay, thank you. I love that HoneyBook <laughs> will let you even label that person too. Yeah. It's just like you get to go in your own folder. Yeah. You're here now. Yeah. <laughs> so is your deposit. You're in limbo. <laughs> so what are some other ways that you've been able to support your illustration career? 
Uh, I have a Patreon that's been super helpful. Uh, it's also more, what's the word I'm looking for? It somewhere in my brain. Um, <laughs> concentrated. It's like a concentrated amount of my Instagram followers. And it feels like a little family because we get to have Zoom happy hours and they get to have little like extra prints and stickers that nobody else gets. And we get to have actual conversations and talk about things. And I get to show them my entire sketchbook. They don't just see the things that I post on Instagram. So it's nice. Seems very involved. That must be really welcoming, especially yeah. now. Not it's so cool. Alone. It's like I have a bunch of bosses and, <laughs> and they're really nice to me. <laughs> Honestly, the best place to be, but also maybe the scariest place to be. Yeah, a little bit. Be. It's very intimidating right. because like some months I, I like I don't get all of the perks done or like I, I just don't have, I didn't have enough time in a month. And I hop on and I'm like, I'm so sorry, everyone. And they're like, we're just here to support you. Oh, that's so wow. sweet. <laughs> it is really nice. They're most, yeah, most of them are really nice. I've only had like, I think one person leave because they didn't get their package. I feel one for month. them. They're definitely missing out. <laughs> yeah, I send it every other time. Try, well, <laughs> <laughs> almost. Things happen. I it's try. Okay. You're a small <laughs> business owner. You're a one man operation. I get it. Um, so... When it comes to Patreon and your Instagram following, do you feel like because you have a larger Instagram following, what what is it at now? Like 14,000? Almost 16, I almost, think. Okay, so I'm wow. behind. So you're almost at 16,000. Do you feel like that has helped you really kind of bring more attention to Patreon? Or is it more, or like, are more of your patrons people that you know in Lincoln or Nebraska as a whole? Uh, I think, most of my patrons are probably from my Instagram, but okay. I, I don't, I don't like plug it all the time. It's not. You definitely should. <laughs> I know, but I, I know it's like one of those things where I had it in the first, like the first day I posted about it and I had a lot of people join. And it was mm-hmm. really nice. Uh, it is again, like one of the, it's kind of intimidating because it's, I, I have to send like 300 things every month or every other month or (laughs) what? Sometimes I don't even know where I'm at, but, um, yeah, I try to, because they get early access to my shop and I know that that's something that people want. So usually if I have a shop launch, I'll post about it, but I don't like plugging it too much just because I don't want my Instagram to feel like a giant ad for myself. Even though, I mean, really, (laughs) if you get to the core of it though, Instagram is just a giant advertisement <laughs> space for ourselves let's my be real my friends are there <laughs> <laughs> there there is that separation of ego though that I can see where you're coming from yeah where you don't want to constantly be like hi here's all these me. issues you should care about but also here's me. my art yeah it can be that could be a lot um but that's so cool so can you talk a little bit more about Patreon for people who maybe don't know or are not familiar with it. Yeah, so Patreon is a place where artists go to fundraise. Not <laughs> like it's not fundraise, but they it's like a nice income that they get for doing what they do. Um, podcasts use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, musicians like startup musicians um, use it to like you can preview my music here and then you get a free EP or whatever. Um, artists use it a lot. I use it and I send out stickers or free like print downloads every month. Um, yeah, it's just a nice way to make money while making your craft. So, yeah, I hope that, I don't know if that covered it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's no, perfect, you're good. Beyond that, you also do shop launches, which I yeah. think for a lot of young and up and coming artists can perhaps seem a little bit overwhelming. Um, I know you have a relationship with a local 
merchandiser, Relentless Merch. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with them? Gladly. And how you found them? <laughs> yeah, so I started dating my husband, and he's he was in a band. This is going to get, we're going to have to draw a web. Okay, so <laughs> I started dating Cam, and um, he was in a band called Salt Creek, and one of the members of Salt Creek co-owns Relentless Merch. So I became friends with Nathan, and Nathan and his brother own Relentless Merch. And yeah, I just basically, I met them through my husband. <laughs> Would have been easier to say. So how, <laughs> you're good. I love the web. How do they help you? What do they provide yeah, what you? Do, what do, uh, so, I mean, they're just really good at what they do. They, When I met them, they, oh gosh, I don't remember where they were. But they've since moved into a bigger facility. They had to. Um which is awesome, but they do shirts. They've helped me like source places to make blankets. Uh, I think they even print shoes for people, not for me, but they have, I think. You should oh, definitely wow. get a pair of I shoes I hope that's there. not a fake thing that I just said. <laughs> I, it might've been a different place. I think, it, I hope it was really, they could. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they'll get into it now if they don't. Yeah. 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 Check it out. <laughs> a little fire on the bus. Let's get this going. Um, so they print, so their main focus is that they print on yes, different stuff. So they have, yeah, they're screen printing and then they also, have embroidery and they just got like I don't know what anything is called so I'm not gonna say the names of anything (laughs) but they have they just got like this embroidery giant thing that does like a bunch (laughs) at a time so oh wow yeah kind of like a fast screen printing only it's embroidery stitching (laughs) yeah yeah so I just they do hats and shirts on it and someone out there right now is listening and going why can you not be more specific i don't know because i dropped out of college that's why (laughs) love it same here we are kindred spirits for a reason Um, (laughs) okay three of us have dropped out of college and the one who finished college doesn't also doesn't know what we're talking about so that's great so here we are (laughs) higher education is not required for you to know about merchandising you just have to you just have to be in the circle to do it yeah Yeah, your most recent launch seemed like quite a bit of ex- uh, of success. Can you talk about um, your support for the NAACP and the fundraising you did with sure. them as well? Yeah, so I um, I just think it's important to not <laughs> focus on myself right now. Um, <laughs> as you're in a podcast talking solely about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. Uh, yeah. We very much appreciate your yes. participation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I, so I did this, and basically Relentless was offering like – embroidery sale type of thing they were offering a sale on embroidered goods so I made a design and I sent it to Nathan and I said would this be cool on a shirt and he said yes (laughs) and I said cool let's do it and then um as I was planning the launch I so when I'm doing a launch um it's kind of like (laughs) we're talking about an organization but my launches are totally unorganized I just draw a lot and then um pick some things that I like from the last month or two and those are the prints that go up I love uh, that. yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah so I was supposed to have pins for this one and they didn't come because I didn't fault that was my fault um but anyway yeah so I decided that I wanted to give part of this to an organization that would help um the this current like Black Lives Matter movement like what can I do to be um I don't know, better and like less selfish, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, my one of my favorite organizations is the NAACP. I think they do really good work. And uh, I decided to give it to the coronavirus resources just because uh, <laughs> like the 
black community is being way more affected by the coronavirus than disproportionately those. affected yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And also the Navajo, but yeah. How much were you able to raise? I uh, raised $1,700 for them. It's pretty oh. fantastic. Haven't given it yet, but I'm hopefully by the time <laughs> this comes out, it's going to be in my bank and I'll be able to. I was going <laughs> to say, because we're going to want receipts, yeah. but <laughs> I, I think you're going to your word. Yeah. So that nice. is awesome. Good for you. And I mean, it was the people who bought my stuff. So. So to kind of tie into that, I'd be really curious to hear how your relationship with organizations like that, um, how you foster them, especially being in a red state. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like I'm learning everything right now. Um, And it's I am still in the learning phase, especially with just starting like an actual business. Like I'm still a young business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I want to do more. I want to be part of more organizations. And after this, I was like, Oh, it'd be cool if I did something like this for every launch with like different organizations. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. I'm like, I'm planning the next one already. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I don't really know yet, uh, to answer that question, but I'm hoping that I will learn gradually as I go. (laughs) I hope so too. It's definitely a weird space to be in, right? Because I feel like as artists, we think we're so in touch and so socially conscious, but then we live in a state where I feel like our ideals are often bulldozed over. Yeah. And although we do our best to speak up and fight for what we believe is right, it's still, it's very draining to be in that position day in and day out, especially, which I'm sure you've heard this many times. Well, you know, if you want to be successful, you should just move to New York or LA or Chicago or Austin. Yeah. What is, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> I think it's, can I swear? Yes, yes of course. So I think it's bullshit. Oh my God, scream that loud <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I, I've been to New York. I'm sure a lot of people have, and I hate it. Like, I, my brother lives there and his girlfriend and God Sorry, bless him. Ian. Yeah, I will never live there. I think my little brother even wants to live out there too. Really? Yeah, which, more power to him. I'm not going there. <laughs> I may be Los Angeles, but also I don't like it there either. Um, I think the Midwest is perfectly fine. People just have to get out of that mentality of Mm -hmm. like, oh, you have to go to this place or this place to be successful because there's plenty of successful, beautiful, amazingly talented people in Lincoln and Omaha. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're just being told they have to leave, which. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit tired of it. Not that I'm not a great example of that. I leave every year to go to a different country, which I think is slightly different. so smart. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's so great. You have to like leave, but you don't have to like move away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It just gets very draining because it's like you're like, well, I have these connections, especially now that Instagram and like all these great yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. With, with social media, you can connect to so many people yeah. now, so you when, can almost live anywhere. I feel like the Midwest is probably the best place to be for it because it's so much cheaper. Right, like people should be coming here. I know, honestly. Well, actually, maybe don't come to Omaha. I kind of like uh, how cheap my rent I is, mean, and the market is not as diluted, right? I mean, like yeah, definitely. If you move to one of these bigger cities and you're in competition then with so many more people like immediately around yeah. you. Yeah, I feel like you kind of, you just like disappear. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know, like being a big fish, no, I'm not saying that I'm a big fish in a small, not at all what I'm saying, get that out there. But <laughs> being like a big fish in a small pond, I think is really like playing it safe maybe, but also mm-hmm. invite other fishes to come play. <laughs> I just yeah. think you have to like build a community and I think yeah. Omaha's starting to do it. Like oh, Omaha's yeah. been trying really hard and 
getting um, there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of beautiful collaborations going on right now, like between like noise and culture house specifically. I'm always in complete awe of how much yeah. information and opportunity they, they give the people of Omaha. It's, it's wild. So yep. please support them if you can. Um, another interesting tidbit of having to move away that I always hear about is just like the battling of imposter syndrome and what that feels like, especially when you're dealing with a mental illness. How do you <laughs> battle that? Imposter what? syndrome? Yeah. Oh. Do you experience it? How how does it kind of manifest itself kind into of. your life? Yeah, I, I feel like probably everybody should. Um, <laughs> it's definitely an ego kind of like check. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe I, hmm, I try not to think about it. Um, I think the most imposter syndrome I get is when I'm doing shows in Lincoln because I don't think that Lincoln is my scene. I don't really think of Lincoln as my home. Um, yeah, I don't really feel, I I feel like Omaha might be more for me. Mm. Um, We'd love to have you here. Please move here. Tell my husband. Um, (laughs) Cam, I know you're listening. Cameron. Um, (laughs) Move to Blackstone. (laughs) Uh, no, I just, uh, I think Lincoln is, and this is just my own personal experience. I love Lincoln. I think it's a great town, but um, I, I get this like university vibe that I wish wasn't there. Uh, I wish that it was more. If you're an artist, you can do whatever you want. But mm. I and the, again, it's my. It's probably the imposter syndrome is that I dropped out of college and so I feel like I don't belong. Um, but that's where that plays in, and I don't really combat it. I don't show. <laughs> I don't do shows um, in Lincoln, <laughs> so. I guess the answer to that is I don't do anything about it and I just let myself have imposter syndrome. I love it. Just simmer in it. Uh, yeah. It'll catch up to you eventually. Yeah, you <laughs> but also be real sad. I mean, Omaha's so close. If you can have shows here and feel good about it, <laughs> just do that. <laughs> that makes so much sense. If only it was always uh, financially viable. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I have been super nervous about showing uh, at all. I think that's, I haven't even thought about that. That's definitely my imposter syndrome. There it is. See, we're just figuring things yeah. out, stripping it down. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. This was a fun therapy session. Guess what, actually. guys? I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next sticker, please. <laughs> I would love to have a sticker that says, hi, I have imposter syndrome. All right. Beautiful. Um, so to tie into all of that, Lincoln, not quite being your home, do you think that it was kind of affected by where you grew up in Nebraska and Neely? Ooh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what was your experiencing? What was your experience like in Neely, Nebraska? Bad, what's the population? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it I, maybe it's changed. Last time I checked, it was sixteen hundred and fifty-two. Oh, that's tiny. One thousand six hundred and fifty-two. Where is Neely? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like up by Norfolk. Okay. Um, it like the maybe it doesn't matter. South Dakota <laughs> northeast. <laughs> ish yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> but it's uh I think it could have been a great town um but it's not I don't need I don't know if it ever was <laughs> to be honest I think it was like so the uh it was one of the big stops on the trail of tears so it was really like mm. Mm. yes wow. well I mean it was like good then and I mean not good it was still white people but it was like a place where um the Lakota stayed for mm-hmm. several days during a rainstorm and to my surprise found out the Neely people were actually super hospitable mm. I mean they didn't stop the stop anything but they were very kind and took care of them so that was maybe the last time Neely was good at 18 
hundred something. <laughs> Did you go all the way through <laughs> high school there? Yeah, I moved there when I was six. Um, and then I think I had friends until sixth grade and then they <laughs> were gone after that. <laughs> it was just not nice. Yeah. Very different people from myself and my siblings. I was going to say, do you How feel like that? that relationship with your, like with your siblings, you guys yeah. like are so ridiculously close as I saw at your wedding and yeah, on social really media in general. Stupid. Do you think it was because you didn't have friends after uh, sixth grade? Yes. <laughs> um, my, so yeah, I think my younger sister and my younger brother and I all had very similar experiences. Um, my sister and I were very, very similar, super, like almost exactly the same. She didn't have an eating disorder, thank God. My little brother uh, kind of, I mean, he was bullied and people picked on him, but he didn't really care as much. I think he saw the rest of us go through it and he was like, whatever, like <laughs> it's only four years. Um, he's always been better than the rest of us. And then my older brother, had somewhat of a different experience where he kind of played the popular role so uh, he leaned into it yeah and I think I think maybe I hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> I think he might be more screwed up than the rest of us because of it I think well I mean he's like my best yeah. friend I love him so much but I think maybe uh I don't and I don't know if it still affects him but at least for a while I think he thought about that and maybe didn't like, I don't know. I've been talking about it. This is all my, <laughs> I'm judging my he's brother. He's a good source of book recommendations yeah. for me. Oh so gosh, I cannot sever no. this relationship. It's nothing's going to happen. He's fine. He's in New York. He can't hear me. Um, <laughs> no, I, he's I, like the most beautiful person on the planet. I love my brother so much, but watching the uh, kind of turmoil through like figuring out who he is, because I don't mm. think that he was ever himself in high school. Mm. Um, so I got to watch that as I lived with him in Lincoln. Wow. So, yeah. But yeah, I think without them, I, I have no idea who I would be. I think I'd just be a shell of a human. They, I don't know. Yeah. We're super close, really dependent on each other. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think I, I don't, I had, I have many, many a breakdowns a month thinking about how far away my brother is. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, when did he move to New York? October, <laughs> October, 2019. 2019. Yeah. New, a relatively fresh move. Yeah. Yeah. How does, <laughs> how does Cam fit into this? Your husband? I mean, just tell us a little bit more about him, how you guys met. Yeah, I think my siblings like him more than they like me, oh, which nice. I mean, it's valid. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, I met Cam through a mutual friend, I was like, I had gotten back from India and my friend had gotten back from Turkey and we were like, let's talk about traveling. And it was uh, just, he brought up, I was talking about a band that was playing, it had nothing to do with our travels. I only talked about the band. Um, <laughs> and then he brought up a friend who plays in a band and he's like, you guys would be friends. And it turned out to be my husband. So... Gotta love when that happens. Wow. The universe yeah. was on your side for sure. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, he fits into my family pretty well. Um, <laughs> he's very nice and patient, which I feel like I'm so like scatterbrain, annoying, and stubborn that he really is grounding. And whenever my parents are in town and I'm acting like a crazy person, and Cam's just sitting there like playing a switch, they're <laughs> like, "This, this has to be how it is all the time." He's like in a bubble. <laughs> it's fascinating, especially yeah. on your wedding day. Can I tell like a little funny <laughs> quip about what happened on your wedding yeah. day? So at one point we were walking, if you're familiar with Lincoln's like downtown scene, 
from Jake's over to, what was the art museum called? The Sheldon. Yes, the Sheldon. Abby decided to go full barefoot. She was so tired of her shoes. I got bunions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I used to have those. They're awful. They Mind are. you, this is what, January? Yeah. Yeah, January in Lincoln, salt on the ground. She doesn't care. She's going for it. Comfort At some point, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> At some point, the veil goes in the water, and I'm not sure at what point that happened. <laughs> and you were a little upset. I just remember like looking over at Cam because typically, I mean, after shooting <laughs> hundreds of weddings throughout my career, I've seen some blow ups, and I was like, okay, I know how to handle this. Like, we'll just separate and we'll figure this out, and we'll move to the reception. But he just like had such like a hold on this whole scene. Like he was just yeah. like immediately cracking jokes, trying to distract you, like trying to hide the veil behind him. <laughs> it was very interesting to watch your dynamic. You two are very different, but yet yeah. worked so well. Yeah, right. we're just like kind of goofy. <laughs> Actually just act like children. It's really nice. Um, I think maybe, okay, so we were walking up a curb and then I dropped it. <laughs> I got mad at him, but I dropped it. Um, my, my aunt <laughs> made that. So I thought she was going to be mad at me at the reception, but then it's like, I don't need the on at the reception. Just and then I left it. it in Fa's car for, <laughs> I think like a month. So. As long as you retrieved it from Fa, that's all that matters. I did. It is in my closet. Okay, perfect. Yes. There you go. I you put it on sometimes it. just for fun. To <laughs> <laughs> feel a little fancy. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. So what took you to Lincoln? Mm, I don't. No, I really don't. I liked Omaha. I grew up like going from Neely to Omaha like every month because my extended family lives here. My cousins who are my best friends, they're all here. Um, I had one friend and he lived in Lincoln and I had my brother and he lived in Lincoln and I didn't have any friends in Omaha except for my cousin's who in hindsight I probably should have stayed for because I I love them a lot but I moved to Lincoln and I met Cam so I guess it was worth it it all works out (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was really no reason I don't know why I did it uh I'm glad I did I feel like I got to like find myself in Lincoln um the bay is here and they've really helped me with my career uh I don't think that I would have had that like kick in the butt if I lived in Omaha. So I think, I don't know why I did it, but I'm glad I did. And it's opened a lot of doors for me. So can you tell us a little bit about the Bay and your involvement with it? Yeah, I'm not super involved with the actual, like the Bay, but I'm friends with people who are. So um, I get to do things or I get to, I don't know. I feel like I'm their friend, but I'm not like part of them. Um, Yeah. So I got to do a thing for vans with them like mike smith did some vans culture something mm-hmm. i'm really bad at this but i did <laughs> that and that was involved with mike smith who owns the bay and then uh, oh kitty um i did um like those i don't know they have like little lessons that they have so i get to go and i get, i mean i've only done it once but like teach people my process kind of like this mm-hmm. but i'm the only one talking and Nobody asked me any questions because I think there's only three people there, but. Gotta love it. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it was super fun. I would love to do it again at not the earliest slot, but um, (laughs) COVID, so not really happening right now. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I get to, I just, I get to watch them grow and they, like Mike Smith has really been a huge part of my career developing. Like he's given me commissions and given me jobs and tells people about me and so do his uh, people. 
I don't know what to call him. His friends, his team, team. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) I need a thesaurus. (laughs) It's okay. It honestly makes for some really good moments. And I love (laughs) laughing throughout these podcasts because sometimes we have some really serious episodes. And I was curious about how this would go. So I'm glad that we're giggling because we could be crying. Yeah, we could be. (laughs) Um, So a huge thing that I've noticed throughout our friendship is your involvement with the Catholic Church. I also grew up in the Catholic Church. It's been an interesting source of pain, but also great comfort. And I'd be curious to hear as, uh, how, how can I describe you? An edgier artist who some like with facial piercings and tattoos mm-hmm. and things that aren't typically associated with the Catholic Church. I'd be curious to hear about your yeah. perspective on that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> the catholic church i like it <laughs> it's a powerful stance um yeah i don't know i like at first i think i was a little bit nervous about pa- piercings and tattoos but not really yeah. that nervous because um my body's mortal <laughs> so i don't i don't think I, at least the parish i go to nobody cares nobody looks at me twice which is nice. I don't think they like it when I wear black lipstick. That's where they draw the line. I mean, like, I get really? it, but it's cool. No, and it's I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear black lipstick to church. <laughs> um, well, now I want you to, though. I will. Oh, you know what? I'm going to. Because you look good okay. in black lipstick. It would look really so. good with my new haircut. See? Yeah. I have to wear masks. Oh, well. Oh, shoot. That's um, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I have, luckily... Um, like a small group of friends who are very similar to me and that they practice their Catholic faith or their <laughs> faith of whatever. And they're very devout. Um, Hi, I have Robbie. A, yeah. I was going to say I have a really good Mormon friend. Um, and he's just like a really beautiful individual and he, he loves his faith. I, um, I'm, I've been learning a lot from people who practice their Jewish faith really closely. Um, and then I have my cousins who are like me and they're like weird and edgy and they really love Catholicism. But I think um, a huge part of that is that we, I don't want to say people don't care about it because I think that they do, but I think that there's different ways of learning. And when you read the actual catechism, um, and I'm not familiar with the other one, so I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, I mean, I know what, I mean, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to scratch this, but I, like, I know what I know, um, and I, I learn from other religions, too, but I'm, I'm confident in saying, like, I know um, somewhat about the Catholic faith more than I know of other religions, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to just, like, love everybody and help in ways that um, make sense and do what the Lord would want me to do, uh, and I think that I don't know. I try to practice that mm-hmm. in a way that makes sense to me and my faith. And it's really hard sometimes to navigate that. But uh, I think it's silly to not be supporting Black Lives Matter. And, right. you know. Yeah. Do you feel you have to defend that? No, not really. I think not in Lincoln um, or Omaha, probably maybe in some spots. But I more when I go to Neely, uh, mm. my family, not necessarily my parents. They lived in Los Angeles during the riots. Like they've been through this like they're. They're really wonderful, um, but a, a lot of my family is really difficult to speak to or to, to work with through it. Um, it's like the same as coronavirus. For some reason, it's politicized. Like, it's not really. Right. <laughs> These are just facts that are 
existing. Um, so it's, it's more difficult there than it is here. Uh, I haven't really, I don't know. I ha- I've, I've had a, a talk with one of my uncles and then he blocked me and all of my siblings on Facebook. So, oh, great. Oh, shoot. um, I was not very patient, but he didn't block us until after my very patient and kind little brother talked to him. So, um, <laughs> the balance of you all, so maybe yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. He, Mm-mm. he's very stubborn, but I don't, I oh think, I don't think that it's really a Catholic thing. I think it's a, a red thing. Mm, yeah. Um, and it definitely, um, Catholics in Lincoln are different than Catholics in Neely. And that's just the same as like anybody, a Lincoln person is much different than a Neely person mm. for the most part. Not sure. all of them. I live in South Lincoln. So there have been many times throughout the years that I've wanted to return back to my faith, but I wasn't necessarily certain if I would be welcomed based off of my current appearance and just what I'm involved in and what I speak about so openly and it's just always interesting to see you travel through that and I know it's not as easy as it looks on social media or just even brief conversations that we have or even just your wedding going through that but yeah I I think like for me the most important thing in my life is probably my faith um and that's what I was taught and I didn't really know what that meant until Mm -hmm. I decided to figure that out on my own. Um, but it's definitely like a lot of my own learning. Like I have to, I have to do the research. I have to read the, the transcripts from the catechism or from, you know, like popes and priests. And I have to see like, okay, was this Pope credible or was he an asshole? Or, you know, like (laughs) I, it's a lot, it's the same as like right now in our political climate. Like you have to do a lot of your own learning if you want to, to learn anything. Um, and I, like, I'm lucky I have a parish and a priest that I really trust and he's really wonderful. And he points out the flaws and tells me like, you know, here's good resources, here's good books. So I'm super lucky that I have that. I know that not a lot of Catholics had that growing up or have that at all. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Or would currently have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't growing up. I had really good parents though. So that's nice. That's great. That always does help things. Yeah. Um, so in what context then are you talking with the leaders in your church? Like, do you have like, like Bible study or are yeah, you? Yeah, I used to, I used to um, go to a Bible study led by, it was like a women's Bible study and we would meet like once a week. And then I led my own, it was an artist Bible study. So I would pick passages and then relate it to making things. That was fun. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's kind of what opened the doors to doing my own research no wonder so many guests at your wedding had tattoos and facial piercings and we're praying at the same time this is making (laughs) a lot of sense now I was honestly so lost I will admit because I was like what to expect and Fa was like oh no no you're gonna fit yeah yeah, it was great (laughs) um yeah it's been very interesting lately after I mean now that I have so much time to myself I've really started thinking okay maybe it is time to return back to my faith and just see what I can get out of it yeah now that I have so much like I don't know uninterrupted time and unemployment to figure something out yeah I think it's worth it I don't think it's ever a mistake to like like look at things right from you know especially if you've stepped away it's like I mean I'm not here to like push anybody to do anything (laughs) no that's my main (laughs) thing is I I'm not I just am a loving person who tries to <laughs> live their best Catholic life. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't think it ever hurts to like, you know, either, even like if you want to look at Judaism, they're right. really cool, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always a good idea. I love that. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it awful now. No, 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 it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't at all. 
honestly, it makes I you think, sound incredibly open-minded. Yeah, there needs smart. to be a more open air around these conversations. I think because especially with a religion like like Catholicism, it's so rooted in tradition, and I feel like so many people are afraid and then tend to tiptoe around it. And once again, yeah. I love that you wear your Doc Martens, and I feel like you're just like stepping right in the middle of it and like getting. Yeah, the there's kind not of like, like a grit. Yeah, I don't know. I like I I stand by it. I think that it's like the best. Um, if you're being led by people who are truly truly good. Um, mm. but there's I mean in any faith there's like people who it's run by people and people mm. make mistakes and people are bad. Um, not all people. Most people are good. <laughs> right. But like you know, humans um, can have bad tendencies. Yeah, yeah. humans. Um. Humans make mistakes a lot. So I think anything that's run by humans has potential to be bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I love this episode. I like so a, I, I like the tradition of the church. But I th- again, like I, it takes like it took me being a twenty year old human being to understand what any of it meant. And to understand like why we do what we do. And now it makes sense to me. But of course it doesn't make sense to somebody who had a shitty priest when they were 11 or Certainly. 19, you know. <laughs> yeah, preach, right. literally. So, yeah. With the Catholic faith, beyond the guidance, the guidance of your priests and other members of your church, have you been able to find any other outlets that relate to it, but also address more of your everyday life? Not that your faith isn't your everyday life, but I mean more in the sense of um, like mental health. Yeah, I there's a organization in Lincoln called uh, ne- nope Catholic <laughs> Catholic Social Services. Cath- well, I might not know it. Okay, wait, I can look it up. Uh, <laughs> I think it's that. But they um, they offer like therapy and therapists for and not just Catholics, but I just so happen to be a Catholic that goes there. Mm-hmm. So um, and the the therapists are Catholic, so it's like a space for I don't know. I also sometimes think that at least where I go, like mental health isn't necessarily still number one in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that individuals take it seriously, but it's something that the church can definitely work on mm-hmm. um, improving. Agree. So this is like a, a really good place for it. And I had a Catholic therapist and I talked about my abandonment schema with him and found out what that was. Talked about my eating disorder with him, <laughs> found out where that came from. Um, yeah, I went for like three or four years to him. And then I ended up doing a group therapy with a bunch of other people who were like me. It was really nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. I hope there's like a young Catholic person out there right now listening to this and realizing this is a resource if it's not yeah, already it, promoted like, in the literally church. Literally, it's not. Um, oh. But I, I mean, it's not like a secret, but <laughs> they, I found out, I think, through somebody that went there and they were like, oh, you should go to this thing. And I said, okay. Um, but they're really great. I think I paid $15 a session because oh it's a, a charity program. So okay. yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Super, really beautiful people that um, work there. I'm going to have to write that down and save that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resources like that definitely need to be more well-known. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, they He helped me a lot. Like, I had no idea what was wrong with me. I just knew I was deeply, deeply sad. And he was like, mm. you might have an abandonment schema. And it's like, what the wow. heck is that? It's like, oh, you've been abandoned. And you're sad about it. And you will continue to put the two together. Yeah. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. I mean, I've been 
diving deeper and deeper into the idea of therapy. And I think you can see that in these last few podcast episodes, episodes, especially with Maria, how open she is about it. I'd like to just be able to solve it through therapy and potentially religion. I am tired of taking a million pills in the morning just to feel slightly better and not even really that much better. Yeah. Right. I mean, pills. Yeah. I think they work too, but. Oh, they definitely work. I don't want to (laughs) like dog on them. I just do think that there have got to be other options out there. And I find it to be very heartwarming, if Mm -hmm. that's the right word, that the Catholic wait, the Catholic Social Services of Southern Nebraska is out there and it exists. Yeah, it exists and it's good and it's never a bad idea to go to therapy. Certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) I love that she's just... (laughs) I'm smiling. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, with that, I mean, we could probably talk for quite some time just rapidly at one another, like a Gilmore Girls episode. (laughs) (laughs) But it probably is a good time to wrap this up because, you know, it's, it's been an hour, you guys. Um, so to end it, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Any future projects? Um, your social media channels? I don't really have that much coming up right now. I'm probably going to do another launch in August to be determined, but, um, I try to do it every month. So that's abigailirvin.com. Just my name, basically. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's literally everything. My Instagram is abigailirvin. My Twitter is abigailirvin. My website is abigailirvin. (laughs) Dot com. <laughs> it makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we highly and your Patreon. How do people find? Oh, oh that yeah. is actually patreon.com slash Abigail EP. Oh, <laughs> nice a little switch up. <laughs> yeah. Penner in yeah. there, not just the Irvin. There we go. Yeah. I tried to change my Instagram, but somebody already had it. Someone out there is named Abigail Irvin. Penner? Penner? No, I don't think that was just too long. But so oh, I was gonna okay. do Abigail EP. EP. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was taken. I messaged the girl. She's like twelve. <laughs> she never answered ah. me. Mm-hmm. Well, of course like, not. Fine, Abigail. She knows what she has. Not me. <laughs> Unless you're offering her money, it's not worth it. I Maybe stickers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give her that. Oh, well, let's maybe not associate your name with that, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. (sighs) God. Um, Okay, well, with that beautiful note, we would just like to thank you so, so much for being our sixth guest. How exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah. We've learned a lot. We've talked a lot. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. (gasps) We said it at the same time. The only thing I have to say now is to please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would help us tremendously get this what's-her-face idea out there to not just the beautiful Midwestern people that we serve currently, but hopefully the states. Yeah, yeah. More states, more countries. Let's go. Um, Yeah, and you can find us um, and follow us and interact with us on What's Her Face podcast on Instagram. Or I'm starting up our Twitter at What's Her Face Pod on, on Twitter. So thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to What's Her Face. We are a figure podcast produced by Joshua LeBure. Find us on Instagram at What's Her Face Podcast or visit figurepodcast.com for our other shows. Thank you.